When I was child, I didn't say when I was young. I know I'm still the younger of many of you all. When I was a child, I liked the saying, the passage, the Luke chapter 9, 37, there is nothing unbelieving for believers. And also, book of Philippians chapter 4, 13 says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So, I want to be a pastor. Somebody who could do everything. Somebody who could have everything. At the time, the Korea was working hard in hopes of overcoming poverty from the Korean war and living a better life. And also it seems to be a motive of hope for Korean Christians to live the word of God more and more diligently. At the time, I did not know that the more I knew about Jesus and the more I loved him, the more things I had to give up for him with joy. I dreamed of being a pastor. I did not draw a poor or suffering minister in my head. I wanted to be a minister who preached the word of God with power, but I wanted people to respect me both intellectually and spiritually. When I first launched the church in 1999, there was a little, little too expensive watch for the young minister. I still have it on me. And then a little bit too much luxurious car in my garage. I was 23 years old at the time. And too expensive suit in my closet. At the time, my salary was $600 per month. How can I buy that? From my parents' money. And I think there is no need for the pastor to be poor. And the rational self-rationalization of me, a giving pastor is better than a receiving pastor. In the fourth year since the commencement of ministry, many troubles had begun to arise. It's not from the relation and church ministry, it's from my heart. The first problem I found, I had begun to ignore the older pastors who started their ministry earlier than me, but who still struggle with financially due to their small-sized congregation. And then second problem, after eating with all other circuit pastors, we gather every Monday and little diversion and eating together. And I never get a chance since I'm the youngest one. Let those people pay. First couple months, I have deep appreciation. Thanks for the meal. But a couple years later, it is all right. Sometimes I complain about the food. I don't like it. I'm really spoiled. But now, during the Apostles' Country Derby yesterday, I paid for my own meal. I make a line, no shortcut for the pastor. And then I even pay other six Korean families' meal. It's the perspective of the school. And then third problem, instead of seeding the word of God, and meditate on it and ask the Lord, give me the wisdom. How can I proclaim your word? 
instead of that attitude, more and more, I'm the specialist above the world, and then I'm searching the passages, what I want to say. And then the last problem. I was invited as a guest speaker a lot, believe it or not, a lot. I have schedules. And after the service, a, the church secretary gave me the envelope. Thank you, offering. Thanks, Pastor John, for coming and then give us a wonderful message. The first time, I'm sorry, I don't have to have it. I got a salary from my church. And I really don't care how much is in there. But a couple years later, in the car, I open the envelope and then count money, how much in there. And then I measure how much they honor me and appreciate to me by the amount of the money. Those four problems, maybe more, grab my heart. And then I made the question, why did I want to be a pastor and what kind of pastor did I want to be? And I was ashamed of myself because I could not find a pure and clear answer anymore for those questions. Because of those internal struggles, I chose to study more in this country. At the time, my parents not agreed with me, and they say, seems like you are running away. At the time, I did not like to hear they are saying so much. You don't understand me. But now, it seems I was running away. But I'm not alone. It is like the story of the Lord prophet Elijah. Do you know Elijah? He fleeing alone, leaving his disciples at risk of his own life. And then Elijah prayed under the tree, the broom bush. The prayer was to ask the Lord, Lord, take me. I'm ready to die. I better die. And, but God feeds him while he sleeps through the angels. And then led him to see the power of God. And God said to him, Yet I have 7,000 in Israel, all whose knee have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouth have not kissed him. So God prepared 7,000 men who have not bowed down to the false gods and then defiled their lips. And Eliza met the, pre the prepared disciple Elisha. God really wanted to waited until Eliza has selflessness. There is not a lot of room for selfish servant in the hands of God. Of course, if they confess and repent, if they turn to God, they will be purified and refined as gold and silver, and God use them again. But those who are using the word of God for their own selfishness will be subject to strict judgment. Now, the 14 years have passed since I came to this country, and the more I live with the Lord, the more I feel that I can give up everything for Him. Because He has the power to give me too. And now, beings to be understand a little more, a little deep, why the Paul, Apostle Paul regarded everything as lavish for the Lord. And there is a reason why I gave you a long personal introduction to you. 
today in the Matthew chapter 20, Jesus Christ, it is the third time explained his passion story. It is the third time. But the disciples do not understand. It is not because the explanation of Jesus Christ is ambiguous, but because of the disciples, they heard the word of Jesus through the filtering of their own thoughts, interests, and expectations. In other words, they were all filled with selfishness, so we could not fully recognize Jesus' selflessness ministry on the cross. Here is why we need to grow. Even the same Bible passage can be different depending on the circumstances of the reader and listeners. This is not because the word is changing, but because of the uncertainty of the changing people who hear the unchanging word of God. Jesus' way of conveying eternal, immutable truth to uncertain sinners was a really lonely path. In our gospel scripture reading today, the Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 through 19 explain Jesus was betrayed to the chief priest and the teacher of the law. And those people will condemn Jesus to death. And those people will hand Jesus over to the Gentile like Roman soldier to be mocked and then flogged and crucified. And they will be raised on the third day from death to life. Jesus has explained those things to the disciples. You remember that the Peter told Jesus that, Jesus, you cannot die on the cross. And then Peter was told that he was Satan. He would not have been able to accept Jesus' ministry as a selfish person in his own desire because Jesus' way to the cross is selfless to fulfill the love of God the Father. In the following text, the scene is, appears as if we were moving the 21st centuries of Korea, and I explained as the Southern California Irvines, the modern situations to 2,000 years ago. Under the sun, nothing is new. This is the mother of John and James, a mother with a passion for all children's successful future. It's nothing special where I came from. You know the three disciples, Peter, James, John. I call it the Jesus' three musketeers. I'm pretty sure James and John's mom knew that. Their two sons already belongs to those three musketeers, but that's not enough. She may have named Peter in her heart. And then thinking of, my two sons better beat those Peter. And verse 20, Then the mother of Zebedee's son came to Jesus with her sons, and then kneeling down asked a favor of him. I am pretty sure that James and John's mom asked like this, 
Lord, can you give me a big favor? And Jesus says, what is it you want? And then the mom answered like this. Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. My reaction on it. Oh, come on. How about me? And how about you? How about Peter? How about other disciples? How about all the people who follow Jesus Christ? How many hands Jesus had? Two. So, this mother's desire for the two sons, left and right, is an amazing example, a sample of tremendous selfishness. The attitude of, I do not care about other kids, so my own kids can have a successful life. I could do everything if that's possible. I know that's mother's love. And Jesus answered the brave mother. Hey, mother, you do not know what you are asking now. And then he asked both mom and disciples, can you drink the cup that I drink? And they bravely answered, we can. They bravely replied, we can do it. But later, Jesus again climbed the mountain of olive with those three musketeers, and he asked those disciples, can you pray for me? And then Jesus went away and then prayed. And then his, his sweat to be dropped like blood. That much eagerly prayed to the Father, if you're willing, please remove this cup from me. You know what that cup means? The suffering on the cross. And then Jesus asked to those people, can you drink that cup? And they said, yes, we can. And verse 23, Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. The cup to which Jesus refers is apparently to swallowing of suffering he had deserved, which he will accomplish in his dying. In this sense, we obviously, we cannot swallow what he swallows. We cannot, through our behavior, establish our right to go on demand, uncondemned. That is precisely what we will do with his behavior. And on the other hand, we can swallow the profitably, the truth Jesus establishes in his suffering for us, so we could get a benefit and result. In this sense, we drink from the same cup. The result of our respective drinking are different. Through his drinking that establishes the sinner's right to stand uncondemned as a grace, as a gift. In swallowing his truth, we gain the ability to establish the right for ourselves by learning to base our pleas on his behavior instead of on our own. 
The participation in Christ's suffering is the whole grace of the Father being in a right and left-hand position. It, it is only people's perspective of success. The mother of John and James talked about the successful place on earth in his kingdom, means I'm pretty sure it's about this world. When Jesus Christ became the king of kings and ruled all the world, it's so nice if her sons could be the left and right prime minister or something. And Jesus tells her that following Jesus is not a high place in the world, is not a respected position from the people. But what is guaranteed to them? What is guaranteed to those, the children's first and second grade who sang boldly is heaven, eternal life, forgiveness of sin. And in the heaven, high and low among the people do not make sense. Left and right will not be a problem in heaven because we are already living with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all the saints together. And verse 24 says, when the ten heard, uh, the ten disciples heard this, they were indignant with the two brothers. If even only one of those ten disciples were thinking properly, if even only one of them knew what the come means, instead of the feeling of the indignant, they may have a pity and compassion on those two. But their reactions are so predictable. What does that mean? The fact that they are predictable means that we are no different from them. As similar as my son's behavior and decision is so predictable. He's my apple from the apple tree. They were indignant with the two brothers. And to these disciples, Jesus still has patience toward them. And Jesus says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, Lord, it over them, and then their high officials exercise authority over them. Yeah, that happened in the world. Through the world, maybe like this, but you should not. Jesus says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Not doing what is wrong is not enough. Not doing what is wrong is not enough. What did I say? Seems like better than the first service. We are Christians. Jesus says, you are the light. You are the salt. He didn't say, you better be the light. You better be the salt. And we are the peacemakers. So silence on something wrong is not enough. Jesus says, be a servant. Okay. Which is a great man. And Jesus answered, explained, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, look at me, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Just as disciple of Christ, 
as the shed blood of Jesus was the price of all sinners, it paid for you and me and for all the people the sweat and blood of the disciples like you and me who follow him will be the sweat and blood of the workers, we say kingdom workers, who will grow and bear fruit and further share with many the seeds of the gospel that fell on the earth. Again, in the five years old boy, when he says, I want to be a pastor, in his mind there is no desire to be great and be first and has authority. But as I grew up, I naturally became open to sinful desire. And I learned the English sentence, excuse me, monkey see, monkey do. In the beginning of ministry, something bothers me a lot and makes me pray. And a couple years later, it's not bothering me anymore. And now, today, I again proclaim the word of the Lord as a forgiven sinner before you. Remember, Jesus said, Not so with you, Paul. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Our glory as a Christian is not in this world. It is in heaven. It does not matter whether there is a left side or lower or right side. I just need to be with God. Heaven will really be a place without high and low, and it is not a place for envy. So, even if you see someone else sit the right and left side of the Lord, doesn't matter. Because we don't have those kind of emotions, jealousy, and envy, and hate, and comparison. It is just a place where you can see everything perfectly and beautifully. It is the message of the cross, what he did on the cross. With our own willing, we cannot pay our ways of sins. So he did it all. So only by grace we could have a faith. Only by grace our eternal life in heaven is guaranteed. Amen. Now we do our prayer of commitment. Having meditated on God's word, we now seek our Lord's forgiveness for our failure to walk consistently in the footsteps of our selfless Savior. Lord, you are my God. However, I too often live as if I were the God of my life. You are momentarily forgotten. Selfishness override selflessness. All that matters is I. Have mercy, Lord. Grant me the unmerited gift of your forgiveness. Help me to be more like Jesus. On Calvary's cross, God's selfless son paid our debt. It is finished, he proclaimed. Our selfishness 
and all the sins it has led to have been fully paid for, they are gone, drowned in the depth of the sea, remembered no more by the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise be to the Lord of undeserved love. In gratitude, we go forth in humility to deny ourselves and follow the selfless one. Amen.